As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Hello and welcome to another video games to the max. As uh, this, of course, is the official W2Net.com video games podcast. We're also association with FullMania.com. And I am your host, Sean Garmer. And with me, as always, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. Well, Mark, how have things been for you? Good. Playing a few games, bought a cheap game. That's about it. Hope we're recording this podcast. <laughs> yes, uh, the record <laughs> button is pressed, and it says recording on the right side. <laughs> so, <laughs> barring anything crazy, uh, uh, I, yeah. I did have my internet go out on Thursday night, so barring that, I, I think we'll be okay. Well, the thing that might happen with me also is we might I might lose power, so that's always fun. Oh, is it raining and stuff by you? No, our fuse. We have an old fuse box that's like been going out every few days now. Oh, jeez, that's annoying. So I have to like trudge down to the basement, like screw in a new fuse, and just pain in the ass. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, aside from that, it seems like things are going okay. So. Yeah, uh, I do want to say thank you to Josh Welchel for that uh, letting us use uh, the song in the intro, and that's very appropriate because Super Meat Boy got announced for the Nintendo Switch, so it's getting ported again. I'm uh, waiting for the Super Super Nintendo version. 
Hey, that would be rather appropriate. <laughs> that, that, game, that, that game's pretty much on everything at this point. Yeah. So, you know, I know none of us, neither one of us, are playing anything that came out this week. I thought about getting Hellblade, uh, but then the game stuff didn't have it. So, uh, I was like, nope. Do not have, even though it's only $30, so it's not super expensive, but I have like $5 to my name till next, till yeah. coming Saturday, so <laughs> can't buy anything. I've been, uh, the most recent thing I've been playing is probably The Long Dark. Yeah, that uh, came out on consoles not too long ago, right? Yeah, well... That, but also, like, the story mode finally got put into it after three years of waiting around. <laughs> three years to make the story mode? Well, it was not early access. I mean, compared to other, like, some other, like, survival games, like, at least like it's, Ark. you know... Yeah, or, or Rust. I mean, Rust has been in early development for four years, and it's still in what they call an alpha state. It's like, this game's never coming out. <laughs> Yeah, and then Ark just keeps getting delayed all the time. Yeah. <laughs> they keep trying to bolt more shit onto it, and it's like, just put it out. and It's like, just then... put it out and then put the stuff on it later. Yeah. Uh, but... I know you've been getting through some more Final Fantasy twelve as well. Yeah. I got uh, a few of the really cheap and, like, I would say broken weapons. Which has made that game a lot more fun. Um, let's see. I think I, it's called the Seitengrot. Um, let's see if I got that spelling. Yeah, Seitengrot. It's a it's an invisible weapon, which is already kind of like weird. Um, it's a bow that anyone can use, regardless of like license or class, that has 224 attack power. Jeez. Um, yeah, so I, really powerful. I got six of them and I put them on everything. <laughs> I put them on all my characters. <laughs> yeah, you should probably be killing people really fast. Actually, I have died a few times recently. I, I got all the espers, like all the, even all the optional ones. And I died getting Ultima and the last one, I think it's, I forget the names, like magic. Something like Magikarp or something like that. Magitech? No. Uh, let me look it up. Uh, come on. Zodiac, that's it. Uh. And both those fights sucked, and I died a few times, but I eventually won. <laughs> you should... Uh... So have you used any of them? No, because with that bow, I, I can kill anything. <laughs> or, you never yeah. even used them once just to see what they do? I mean, I used them initially, like when I, okay. when I was playing the game like normally, but after I got the bows, I'm like, forget it. And I also got, uh, I got six ribbons for everyone, so status ailments don't bug me anymore. Uh, oh, that's smart. And... I got something else. Uh, let's see if I can find it. I think it's called Germandy. Mm, oh, sounds familiar, but uh, 
Gendarme, that's it. Okay. Uh, they, they're shields, so I can't actually use them with the bow. Like, I have to swap, like, swap out an actual weapon. Um, but they produce, they give you, you can absorb all elemental attacks, and you get 90 evasion and 90 magical evasion. So basically, like, nothing hits you? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, if, uh, I'm assuming you're rather far at this point in the game. Yeah, I just did the Great Crystal. Um, I have to go. Fa- I have to go on some stupid airship called Bahamut, although they pronounce it wrong in the voiceover, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah, it's it's a good. I think it's a decent game. Like, I still have some. I still don't quite like the gamut system at all. Like, I kind of figured it out a little better, but it's still. I think it's just still kind of annoying to me. Yeah, it's not the easiest thing to grasp. Um, like I, I basically just set like all characters to attack everything, and that's about it. But in fights, like I need, where I need to program, it's like, all right, what did guide say? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and try to figure this out. Let's just use the best one and move on. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I mean, I'll probably finish the game in a few days. Like if I don't, if I, I mean, I could finish it in like a few hours if I just focus on like the actual story. <laughs> But I've been trying to do every hunt I come across and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a lot of those. I mean, that's good that you're getting the experience most of the game. So, well, any anything else? Uh, Marvel Heroes, like off and on. Uh, and like like I said, the Long Dark is kind of good. Like the story mode is pretty. It's interesting, but it's very. Um, I wouldn't say it's not boring, but it's very like filled with busy work. Because mm. the first so what, time you what is the story about? Uh, you play a guy named Mackenzie, and you're taking your like ex-wife doctor to this like remote Canadian village. Like she has like a case of medicine, but it's clearly like filled with something else because it's like a industrial-looking case, and she doesn't actually show you what's in it. So it's like, gee, I wonder if something special is in there. <laughs> um. But you're in a you're in a plane and you crash and uh you wait like you kind of wake up and you're trying to survive find her and you know meet other people. But so like the, you come across the first big town and there's like one habit and like one person in there called I think the Gray Mother and she keeps like sending you out on quests to do like go find me like 30 pieces of lumber for my fire pit or, you know, fill up my fridge full of food and say, well, this is dumb. Let <laughs> me go out a bunch and of then, quests. Yeah, basically. And then like to get, like she has like, a good trust meter. Um, so like the more stuff you give her, the more she trusts you. And then like that unlocks additional like side quests and like not like knowledge or supply caches around the city. But it's like, I'm at like 104 out of trust out of out of like 450, and it's like holy Christ, this is gonna take a while. And like the only way you can really like get up with her is like by hunting rabbits, which really sucks. Yeah, that's just you're literally like throwing rocks at rabbits, sprinting over there before they like wake up from their stun, and then like snapping their necks. <laughs> Well, hey, you got to learn how to hunt without weapons. I mean, you got to yeah. do what you got to do. 
Does it, uh, so do you feel like it adds to the game then, or? No. Like, wait. I mean, I, I guess it's interesting, like, it's actually pretty well produced, um, but if the requirements were, like, a lot less strict, it'd probably be, it'd be more enjoyable. Like, now, I'm stuck in, I'm stuck with her, because it's just, like, I need to get more trust with her to activate the next story quest, but I'm like, this... This is going to take a while. <laughs> Couldn't they have just done that without having to do the trust thing? You'd think so. <laughs> That's what I would have done, maybe. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, complete the stuff that I tell you, and then, all right, you go on your merry way to the next thing. Yeah. Is she going to, like, follow you around to the next village no, she's or like something? No, she's like an old blind woman. But she can, like, pinpoint a gun at you, like, with, a, like, pinpoint accuracy. And it's like, yeah, okay. It's like, uh, okay. Like, I'd, I'd, rather, I'd, I'd rather her just fall asleep and then just, like, bash her head with a, with a rock and take the gun. Go ahead. But the actual, like, survival stuff is still pretty good in the game. Like, it, it's actually a pretty good balance of, like, Hardline survival games like Rust or Ark versus kind of something a little more not cartoony but a little less stringent. Yeah, I mean, it's overall it seems like three years of waiting for something that maybe didn't pan out as well as they wanted it to. Or I, I think I think it's still like worth a purchase for sure. Like, it's not like a. I think it was twenty dollars initially, and then they raised it to thirty-five, which is, I mean, still pretty, pretty like passable. Like I know, uh, I don't know if you saw the story, but We Happy Few, um, it was it, it's like an early access for thirty dollars. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I think next week they're raising it to 55. Whoa. And it's Why? like, go fuck, go fuck yourselves. Cause like they're getting out of like early access or, uh, so you're getting out of early access. You're going to charge 20 more dollars. Yeah. And you're adding nothing. Well, I think they're like finally finishing parts of it or like the main, maybe like the main story, but I'm just like, forget that. <laughs> okay. I guess to the many people that didn't have either game preview or didn't play it in early access. Sure, but that just seems like a... sets a really bad precedent right there. Yeah. Well, a few games did the... I remember a few games did the opposite. I think it was 
Galactic Civilization 3 and, um, oh, I forget the name of it. It was like an RTS on, um, on PC, uh, Planet, Planetary Annihilation, I think. Um, but those games on early access launched at a hundred dollars. Damn. And then when they when they fully came out, they were like fifty or like even twenty five. Um, and the reason was sense. like they they needed the money money to fund the game, which is like acceptable to me. That makes more sense too, because when you're reaching a wider audience, you have a one hundred dollar price tag. They're gonna be like, nope. Yeah. Exactly. Like no one's gonna pay that money much money for planetary annihilation. <laughs> and considering this is probably only gonna be a digital release. Yeah. The chances of I mean there's probably some people that might surf the store and not know about the history of We Happy Few, but most people that are gonna be looking at that game that didn't get an early access, they find out that it had a twenty dollar price hike or twenty five dollar price hike, they'd be like, Nope. So, you know, not voting too well there for those folks. Hopefully it didn't affect them too negatively, but... Just... Yeah, the the price hike uh, takes place on August 16th. So, basically, on Wednesday. Yeah, and it, yeah, it jumps from 30 to 51. So, Wait. forget that. If they want to send us a review code, I'll, I'll review it, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will have to look into that for sure. So, uh, I I, get, go ahead. I was going to say the only other thing I want to is I haven't played it, but I really want to get Res on PC. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me it looks like it's really good on PC. Yeah, so. and it comes with the soundtrack, which is a good, good, good value. <laughs> it's always nice. So uh, Atlas just announced three Persona games, kind of out of nowhere. Uh, last week or a week and a half ago, ago at this point, you get the uh, Persona Q2 for 3DS. That does not have a release date. And then the Persona 3 Dancing Moon Knight and Persona 5 Dancing Star Knight for Vita and PS4. Well, now PS4 people need to be able to play Persona 4. Uh, dancing all night on PS4 as well, so you're gonna port that over? Or... I doubt it. They probably just don't. They probably don't care. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's a chance, but uh, I mean, it, it, it reminds I'm all me of the uh, dancing games. This is this is years ago, but Sega put out their like Dreamcast back on like 360 and PS3, and it was Sonic Adventure One, Crazy Taxi, I believe. Sega Bass Fishing, and uh, Space Channel 5 Part 2. <laughs> Ignoring Part 1. <laughs> I remember Part 2 being the better game, but yeah, that seems kind of weird. I like part. I, I like the first one a lot better. I, did, I thought I just had better music, but that's me. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure the first one had better music. I thought as a game, the second one might have been better. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably play both. I'll, I mean, I won't rush out and buy them, but I'll try both dancing games on PS4. But 
I did wish I had a Vita for the Persona. I mean, because, you know, Persona has great music. So, uh, you know, it would have been uh, nice to be able to play that. But, hey, Persona 5 is the one I've been able to play, so I'll be excited for that. And uh, they're also going to get their own anime, very much like Persona 4 did. So, I'm hey, awesome. Persona 5 anime, totally for that. It, it's yeah. going to come out in 2018. Probably going to get simulcast on Hulu or Crunchyroll. So, yeah, awesome. I mean, I'll, I may watch an episode or two, but I'll probably wait till the dub version comes out. Just because I don't, like, I'm not, I'm like a huge anime snob about that type of stuff. No, I totally understand that. Yeah, I. Plus, like, I think I think Persona Five had pretty decent voice acting, all things considered. Except for, uh, oh, what's his name? The Ryuji. Yes, his voice yeah. kind of graded after a while. I thought like Morgana's voice was pretty good. Yeah, I liked Morgana's voice. It kind of fit the her being a cat and everything, and him or him. It's, it's <laughs> the name always. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, they revealed that that's a, a oh, he's a. It's a guy. Like, oh, okay. Well, thank you for the ambiguous names there, Alex. Yeah. That's, that's totally fine. Uh, at, least, at least they joked about it in the actual game a few times. Yeah, that's true. I'd leave it to them to, to do that and then uh, make jokes at the, to the character's expense, too. But really nice that Atlas just announces Persona games. Uh, maybe... You know, you still you got the big one in the series people have been waiting for, and then you get the spinoffs. And uh, I really liked Persona Q on 3DS, so kind of sad it's not coming to Switch. But they're getting that Shimigami Tensei game, so I guess that's the trade-off. Yeah, I, I kind of want a Persona 5 fighting game. <laughs> I think that'll come in time. Yeah. They are doing the crossover with the that other game that we talked about. So yeah, the whole big anime Blaze Blue thing. <laughs> so I guess that's like their thought of oh that'll tide them over until whenever we do the fighting game. Yeah. Did those sell well? Well, they made a sequel, so I guess they had to sell well enough. <laughs> yeah. I just. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're just going to start with the dancing games because perhaps they did well. It's probably well, especially in Japan. I imagine also uh, Arc System Works is, like, they're probably busy at the moment uh, working in that Dragon Ball fighting game. Yeah, that too. That's a big deal, plus the, the crossover thing and all that. Yeah. So, um... Speaking of fighting games, these will probably be some of the games that might be featured if esports actually does make it to the 2024 Olympics in Paris, France. Uh, they will be featured in the 2022 Asian Games in uh, China. So, I mean, there is a precedent being set there. Apparently, this is... Uh, not really, because they think that the guys are, you know, the people competing here are going to be athletes. 
more because we have to look at it because we can't say it's not us. It's not about the Olympics. Uh, the youth, they're interested in eSport and this kind of thing. Let's look at it. Let's meet them. Let's try if we can find some bridges. So pretty much we're trying to get the Olympics to appeal to a younger audience. Okay. I want to see someone pl someone playing Dota 2 while they're doing a long wall. <laughs> I just like, I've never heard of the Olympics need reasons for people to watch. Well, I mean, the original one, like, you know, the Olympics were founded on, like, it wasn't all about, like, a sport, you know, a sports activity. So, like, they had other activities, like, originally in the Olympics, so. Oh, well, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm not uh, disputing that. I mean, you have freaking, uh, what is it, equestrian dressage and uh, some people, like, uh, over 100 countries consider chess a sport. Yeah. And, I mean, what archery really isn't, like, that physically active. And, I mean, there's a couple other ones that, like, you're not sitting there just running around constantly. So, I mean, if you're going to talk about it from that perspective, yeah, you can have esports in there. I'm just saying their thing is almost kind of like a, well, we're trying to get the younger kids to watch the Olympics, and it's like, does that really matter? It's the Olympics. Yeah, well, I mean, kind of, because like, I think the Olympics have been down over the past few, like, few games. Like, I don't think a lot of younger people really care. It's just, it's kind of difficult to keep up with, right? Well, I, mean, it, 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 I think it's difficult to keep up with, at least in this country, because our coverage sucks. <laughs> Well, I mean, now you have, like, stuff that happens all the time. Yeah. So, people know that they're, you're watching this on tape delay, and you can go on the internet and find the results and go, okay, well, I need to watch this now. I mean, that, but also, like, I think the commentar like commentators for Ameri like NBC are, like, particularly awful. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's probably across the board. Uh, at that point, I I think it's, I mean, it also depends on the country that they happen to be in. Like, you know, when they go to South Korea for the Winter Olympics and next year, a lot of the major stuff's going to be happening at like 3 a.m. Yeah. Here. People aren't going to be awake watching it. So, you know, that that's going to be difficult to kind of keep up with there. Um but yeah, I, I like this idea. I don't know that it winds up passing. Of course, everybody and their mothers are already out there complaining about this, but I don't see where it hurts. I mean, it's what some a couple of events. I mean, yeah, so. and even if even if like this did get on, like they're gonna they're gonna they're not gonna be showing it on like an NBC prime time or anything like. No, this will be on one of the ad hoc channels. You can watch it if you want to. Or, And even if they did, like, again, it's like one small part of the Olympics. It's not like this now takes center stage and nobody ends up watching the... Uh 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The frickin' basketball or or uh, track and field or whatever, you know. I mean, give it time. Go to two will eclipse both those things. <laughs> Watch that happen. Uh, somehow, I mean, I don't know about basketball, but you know, the swimming, maybe. You know, Michael Phelps can't last forever. I think so, he already retired, didn't he? Well, he keeps saying that, and then like every time there's another Olympics, he shows up. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, what else has he got going on? <laughs> True. I mean. You know, swimming's been your whole life, so it's 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 your thing. You want to be in the limelight, you gotta be there. Now he's gonna join the X Games. <laughs> uh, do some skateboarding. Uh, yep, in the water. <laughs> in the water. Yep. He'll uh, they'll do a race between him and something else, and he'll win. Uh, so Valve has announced a new game. Oh my God! Stop the presses. Valve is is making a game. Uh, don't expect you know Half Life Three or anything. This is a card game based on Dota Two characters, kind of like Hearthstone and Gwent and the Elder Scrolls game. Is there really a lot there to do a card game for Dota Two? There is, I think, like some lore, but I mean, it's just a shot at a shot at Hearthstone, which is kind of, I would say, desperate, <laughs> or at least like not maybe not desperate, but just kind of pandering. Like, who really cares? Yeah, it's like, oh well, Overwatch came and took a shot at Team Fortress Two, so I guess we got to return the favor. Yeah, but. I mean, you could say that, but Team Fortress 2 is 10 years old. And, like, they haven't... I mean, they've updated it, like, off and on, but, I mean, it's the same nine characters. Like, that's it. So... Yeah, but Hearthstone's how old now? Three years old. Like, it's not that old. Like, yeah. it's not that old. <laughs> well, still, like, three or four years old, and, and maybe uh, by the time plus, this comes out, it's five years old. Well, plus the thing about Hearthstone is they keep updating it with, like, new, like, campaigns and stuff. And it's still, like, a very popular game. Like, I like Dota 2. I'm sorry. I like Team Fortress 2, but its popularity has dwindled over the past two years, for sure. 
Oh, well, yeah, but not to mention Overwatch has really just become this phenomenon that I don't think even Blizzard thought was going to happen. Yeah. So, look, uh, you know, at this point, I don't think it's really hurting Valve if, if it doesn't do big. I I just think it's, like, another in a long line of, like, Valve games. It just, like, I don't, I don't really want a... Half-Life 3, like, I really don't care about that series at all, but they seem to not want to do any more story-based games anymore. And that's what kind of upsets me. Yeah, like, why go away from your bread and butter just because... You know... Uh, I, I like, mean, they're they, like... Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, their, like, last story-based game was Portal 2, and that was four, that was four years ago. If not more, I think. pretty great, though. Yeah, but the writer... Oh, no, that was six years ago. Sorry. And, like, from what I can tell, most people who made that game left. <laughs> yeah, because why do you want to sit around and do nothing? So, I, I just... You know, Valve just does what they want to do. At yeah. At this point. Speaking of companies doing weird things. Now, we know that Borderlands 3 is in development, but Gearbox is also making a new game called 1v1. It's going to combine an FPS game and some card game stuff. What, are you going to shoot the cards? I imagine it's like power-ups. Yeah. Like uh, Titanfall's like, uh, burn cards like system. Okay, I could see that. Um, I can tell you I don't want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, after, what was it, uh, Battleborn? Yeah, after that Rosin success. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Alien Colonial Marines. <laughs> I mean, you know... I- I don't know if you, you're, I don't know if you're, how much you're on Twitter, but there are some great pictures on Twitter of like people taking uh, photos of shelves at five below that are literally like filled with copies of Battleborn. Wow! Like dozens, if not hundreds, of copies of Battleborn just sitting there. I'm surprised they didn't just go them back to Gearbox and be like, "Dude, we don't want these." Yeah. <laughs> like, nobody's going to buy these. Just come on with it. Like, I, that is... It, I, Gearbox is just such a hit-and-miss company. Like, when they hit, they're great, but they seem, like, increasingly not able to put out a good game anymore. Like, even... I I even think, like, Borderlands 2 is kind of, like, a weird miss in some respects. Yeah, and then the pre-sequel was... A fart in the wind. (laughs) Yeah, that too. So, it's been a while since they've had, like, a hit where you go, okay, I really want that. Yeah, like, I mean, Tales from the Borderlands is the exception, but they didn't even make that. They just licensed out their Borderlands property. (laughs) Oh, so you say. But apparently, according to Telltale, Tales from the Borderlands did not meet sales expectations, especially towards the end, and they consider it a failure internally. 
And so the possibility of a season two is very unlikely because of that. And in fact, they're kind of upset because they want Gearbox to take those characters that they wrote so well and put them into Borderlands 3. You know, there's a possibility they could show up, but they were hoping that by making this series, they'd already give Gearbox, okay, here's my two characters. They're going to lead the way in Borderlands 3, and that apparently was not the case. I wouldn't, honestly, I could see that game, like, it's the same thing with other, other uh, Telltale games, like, releases for Tales from Borderlands came out and no one talked about it. Like, I think it was a really great game. Like, I think it's probably one of their top five, at least. I think critic, like, people like us, you know, that that have, uh, are very in tune into the games, uh, that we talked about it. Like, I heard yeah. it on a lot of podcasts and stuff like that, but... Outside of that realm, out of reviews and stuff, like, the casuals were not talking about this at all. Yeah. You know? And it's part of, like, a weird license, honestly. Um, and also, like, if that was Telltale's plan to, like, get uh, those two characters, like, um, Reese and Fiona in, like, Borderlands 3, that's a bad plan. Because I would not want Gearbox writing those characters. Like, they'd fuck them up. Well, maybe they come up with some kind of deal where Telltale writes the story or something, and Gearbox just does the gameplay. Maybe, but I don't. I I don't trust the Gearbox writers. Like they'd have them, they do a bunch of meme shit, like in Borderlands Two, and it's like, man, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, or make some terrible references that no one's gonna care about after they've played the game for like a week. Yeah, and. You know, it, that's the thing. And I think also what kind of hurt it is that right around where Tales of the Borderlands came out is right when you started to get into the exhaustion Yeah. with Telltale Games. Like, it was starting to become like, okay, there's just too many of these. We can't well, keep up with them. And, it, like, I don't hear anybody talking about the Guardians. No, one. well, it's funny. Like, they claim that Borderlands didn't sell well. It's like, okay, how well did the Game of Thrones game do, or Minecraft do, or like you just said, Guardians do? It's like, no one talks about these either. <laughs> well, Minecraft had to do well enough. I think Minecraft is more on the, because Minecraft such a success that they feel like they could do a season two, and, you know, it's the same thing like they're doing a Walking Dead season four. To finish it out, did they probably sell well enough to warrant that? No. Yeah. But because it's Walking Dead, they can get away with it. I I just feel like it's so weird. Like I mean, I thought people would be talking a lot about the Guardians. Um, one just because of the movie coming out like during the when the first one was around the first episode was around and everything else and just like it came out and like nothing uh, but i i do think that we're starting to get to this point where there's just so many telltale episodic adventures out there that people are starting to go all right okay wolf among us awesome the rest of them i don't care yeah, I mean, Batman just launched this week, and I saw like a few reviews, but that was about it. 
I forgot about that honestly. That it came out what on the eighth. So. Uh yeah. I still got to figure out if I want to go back and finish the first one. <laughs> I mean, you're probably you're probably good because you're not gonna get the second one either. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean. I want them to make a. I want Telltale to make a new uh, poker night game though, where you play. We have you face off against like Reese. Uh, the sheriff or uh, Big B from Wolf Among Us, Batman, and then like Peter Quill. <laughs> That'd be great if they could come up with some kind of crossover thing. Uh, I don't know that the individual, you know, franchises would be okay with that. But oh, hey, God, why no. not try? <laughs> could you imagine if they go, oh, okay, the only way that DC and Marvel can, can, you know, be together is in Telltale, where Batman and Peter Quill sit around the table and talk. <laughs> well, they've had, like, crossovers before, but that's been a, per- a pretty long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I, just, uh, or at least in video game form, I guess. Yeah. So... Moving on from that, it's sad to hear that Telstra Borderlands didn't do well sales-wise, but it's like, not. I would say it's not surprising, no. um, despite the quality. But also, I think it's. I think it's a, a better game than most of the other like current franchises that are going on, except for except for uh, Wolf Among Us. Yeah, I would agree there. Yeah, I'd say you know like Walking Dead season one, Wolf Among Us. Tough on the Borderlands, right there in that top three. I it doesn't play well even when it came out, but I actually like Back, Back to the Future quite a lot too. That was like <sighs> that was that was before like Walking Dead, so it kind of plays more of an like an adventure game though. Yeah, that's the thing is, like if I I think it plays well as an adventure game. Just when I, after you play Walking Dead and you're kind of used to this Telltale. Yeah, they like they definitely have their own style now. So yeah. So uh, Microsoft has made it very easy for everybody to go get into the Xbox Insider Omega version of the program. So if you want to test out uh, when things go into preview or get uh, extra game demos, and uh, I think you get first crack at the game previews and stuff like that. All you have to do now is go search. On the Xbox inside, search for Xbox Inside Hub, and then you can go uh, ask to be put into the program. So that's kind of cool, I guess. Uh, I think the latest thing is now you can customize your own home screen, which we should have been able to do a long time ago. But <laughs> like, what, 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 a, what a revolutionary new feature that was on the last generation of console. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, they are going to make changes to achievements. Not really so much that they're doing anything with the way that you get achievements or whatever. It's more about they want to be able to tell your story. So if you're one of those people that plays like one or two games and say like you're a big Minecraft player and you you sit there and play Minecraft for hours and, and you get all the achievements or whatever, that's going to be in you know, shown just as big as if you played, like, 20 games. 
So you can still go out there and achievement hunt if you want, but for the people who only who just go and get good at one game most of the time, uh, I guess you're going to be on the same level scale or whatever. Uh, I, I don't uh, know if I, that really makes changes to anything, but... I I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, I want... Honestly, the thing I used to like about achievements, like, for the old Xbox, was, like, they unlocked shit. Like, new avatar items or new pictures. Like, if they wanted to actually, like, make achievements worth something, I'd go more in that direction instead. But what are you going to have them unlock? Like, special characters? Because you... It's characters, weapons, I mean, why not? I mean, it doesn't need to be for the game itself. I mean, it could just be, like... I mean, at... I don't know if they put do they put avatars back in yet or is that yeah, they still do. yeah have it be like new outfits for avatars or new you know items or something or you know something like that yeah I think when you're talking or about maybe characters like, or modes maybe like that the, would take away the DLC thing so maybe like uh like a theme or a sound pack for the console that wouldn't be bad um. I agree with you that having more kind of rewards would be good. I'm not one... Like, I like getting achievements and all, but I'm not one to sit there and just stare at my score and go, oh my god, I gotta get more. Like, it's it's no big deal. Uh, Yeah. You know, when the PS4 thing flashes on that I got an achievement, it's like, okay, cool. I'm moving on. You know. Uh, I guess good that they're, they're doing stuff with it, but it's... I don't think that this really does anything uh, revolutionary or, or no. whatever. It's just kind of there. Uh, speaking of unlocking stuff, a lot of people got upset that hard mode got unlocked for Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild with buying the DLC. So Nintendo kind of tried to, you know, squish that a bit in the uh, Samus Returns game. At first, it was thought that it was connected to buying the Metroid Squishy Amiibo. That's not the case. You can still unlock hard mode after you beat the game the first time. Now, you can, in order to get the next tier after hard mode, you do have to buy the uh, Squishy Amiibo. So, if you want to play, like, the equivalent of, like, Nightmare Mode or whatever, you do have to buy it. So, do you like... Things like this being attached to Amiibo. Well, at least it gives them one reason to buy it, for people to buy them. (laughs) It's true, but you're... I mean, I guess you could buy it without the Amiibo, too. Like, I I guess I need, like, super hard mode. I I wouldn't, like, care about it. If it was, like... If it was, like, Zelda, and it's like, you you can't get the boomerang if you don't buy an Amiibo. Like, I would care about that. But, like, a super, like extra hard mode, like, eh. I mean, if you want to go that down that route, you're welcome to, but I don't I don't play Metroid games because they're hard. I play them for, like, for exploration. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing is, too, like, right, if you're going through the process of buying an Amiibo and all that stuff, I mean, yeah, there probably might be a bunch of casuals that might look at that and go, I kind of want it, but that's mainly meant for the hardcore... Nintendo fan or Metroid fan or Zelda fan or whatever. That might be the person that's actually going to really care about 
being able to play a super hard mode or or whatnot. Or, or maybe it might just be a kid and they don't even know that that's on there. But I think we're making, a lot of people are making too much of this that I've seen. Just look, it, it's an extra mode that's not the regular normal mode. So just kind of get over it, I guess. I mean, people have been doing that for years now with DLC and like PS4 and Xbox One games. I mean, it's just like, said. I mean, it's a little more expensive, but same type of thing. Yeah, it's like whenever Nintendo starts doing something, people just always get shocked. Like, oh, Nintendo's now doing the same thing Sony and Microsoft are doing. How horrible. Not really, they're trying to make money too. Yeah. So, Nintendo did announce that uh, SNS Classic pre-orders are coming in at the end of this month. So. Yeah, I think I think it's supposed to be like maybe like the last week or two, but we'll see. Get ready by your computer, Mark. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to. Hopefully, you're at home when that happens, and not like, oh damn it, I'm like four hours away, and now no way I'm getting one. Assholes, <laughs> like that's what I think about all this. I'm like, oh man, I want to this, but not happening now. Too late. I don't know that I'm buying one, but. It's exciting. It's nice that we're getting it. Yeah. Are you still wanting to get it? Yeah, if I can find, I, if I can, if I can, I'll try to pre-order it probably on Amazon. Like, because I doubt they'll screw me over like Walmart did. <laughs> but I, I know I have to like cheaper on Amazon. No, it'll be eighty bucks. Um, but I know I kind of have to watch like the internet like a hawk. Uh. When like the minute it goes trending on Twitter, it's like, all right, go to Amazon as quick as I can and like buy it. <laughs> like, go now, run, run, run. So uh, that Nintendo is being sued by Game Vice because Nintendo Switch is inhibiting on Game Vice's Android gaming tab with the WikiPad. Uh, the accessory company believes that Nintendo violated a patent that the Switch's detachable con- Joy-Con controllers are too close to what Game Vice had in mind for its portable device. We have a picture here. It does kind of have like you know the the joysticks on both sides with the D-pad and the buttons. Yeah, but uh, like the thing is like a black picture. Yes, the back picture with the... Yeah, like, this thing looks like the whole console, like... Right. And it looks like one... Like, it essentially looks like the controllers are part of the dock itself. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks... I guess it looks similar, but Nintendo's thing is, like, you can take it with you on the go, first of all, and uh, the controllers are, deta- like, completely detachable, even from, like, one another. Like, this thing doesn't look like that at all. Also, the... Oh, there. Are, it's a problem for what we had in mind. Well, guess what? You didn't make it. Yeah. So you can't say that. Oh, well, we we were gonna do that, but Nintendo came out with this. It's like, also, I've never, I never even heard of this thing before either. Yeah, I'd never heard of this thing either. Like, what's it supposed to do? 
let you read Wikipedia on it better. I mean, I just, I'm assuming it plays games because you wouldn't have the buttons and the joysticks and everything, but it's just, okay. I, I feel like this is just there to get publicity for this thing that nobody knew about until now. And yeah, I mean, it, it looks, it honestly looks like kind of like a, uh, like, not a preview, but like a uh, beta project or something, you know, like, a kind of like a mock-up, not a real product. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't even have the shoulder buttons. It doesn't have uh, things that the Switch has, like, uh, I, I just don't know where they would even get close to claiming anything. And they want... You know, they are demanding that Nintendo stop selling the Switch and cover all costs related to the lawsuit and pay damages for infringing on the patent. Yeah, I'm sure that'll go far. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not going anywhere. Uh, Game Vice, you're, you're kind of stuck in your own uh, issues here. Severed becomes the second handheld-only game to hit Nintendo Switch. This week, Severed, of course, is from Drinkbox, the people who made, uh, oh, damn it, why can't I think of the game right now? Uh, the frickin', the Lucha, the guy with oh, the, uh, the Super Turbo Championship Edition, uh... Yeah, I know what you're thinking of. That <laughs> said everything but the name of the damn game. Uh, so... Guacamelee. Yes, Wakamele. Uh This was also really well received on Vita. Um, so it's kind of cool to see it come to Switch. Uh, apparently it's very touchscreen heavy, so it would have been very difficult to, you know, get people to play on their, with the Joy-Cons or with the uh, motion controls even. So they just said, okay, we're going to do it with the touch controls. I'm fine with that. I'm glad that Nintendo gives people the option. Of you don't, they would love for you to have motion controls in the game, and they'd love for it to be, be able to you be used with, you know, Joy-Con controllers and everything else. But I'm glad that these indies have the option of just. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's not going to work. All right, just do it in handheld mode. Yeah. <clears throat> So have you, uh, we talked about this thing with the UFO 50 collection that uh, Downwell is making along with five different uh, developers. It's sort of like, and the trailer shows this, that they're like sort of like 8-bit games as if they were in the 80s. And it includes all kinds of different uh, genres and everything. Uh, and even about a third of them have co-op or competitive multiplayer modes, and it's going to hit PC next year, and it's going to be at a relatively good price, apparently. Are you interested in this at all, or? I may give it a shot, but like, 
I I've never made huge into those like type of like huge collection of games, like just personally because you just don't know it's you know good or not. And trying to play like every game on that thing, it's just can become a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the truth. Trying to play fifty games of what like fifteen of them, twenty of them might be good. Yeah. That not always, uh, but hey, if they make it a good price, it, it'd be worth it. And at the end of the day, that's what you want. I think that's what they're trying to do here. Yeah. Some of them Plus, look fun, but you have to imagine how long are they and everything else. Yeah, that's the thing. They're not going to be like 20-hour epic games or anything. They're going to be like 10, like 10 minutes of that. And it's like, all right, I either beat this or I got bored of it. What's next? <laughs> exactly. Uh, this. You ever play uh, – oh, go on. No, go ahead, David. I was going to say, ever play or heard of a game called Hell Yeah? It came out like five or six years ago. Is that the one with the bunny? Yeah. Okay, I heard of it. I never played it. Yeah, Wrath of the Dead Rabbit. Yeah. It's like it's a platformer, but like every every boss fight is like a separate on separate unique own little mini game. Huh. Wow, that's kind of cool. I mean, to a point, yeah, but then it just kind of gets monotonous after a while because it's like, all right, they, like they only have like four or five like game types in this thing right so it's all kind of just rearranged like all right you gotta press the e button like it's like a rhythm game or like a timing based game something like that you know you eventually figure out the pattern and it just yeah because it's kind of like uh all right i know what i'm doing here i'm just gonna get through it to beat the game and it's a good concept in theory yeah didn't quite work uh, not that I care about this too much. I mean, I guess, but I, I use the, the Elgato, so I don't know if this would really help me. But if you stream natively on your PS4, whenever the PS4 firmware 5.0 comes out, you'll be able to do 1080p and 60fps. So that's cool, I guess. Well, I mean, you have the like the Elgato's a hundred dollar extra piece of hardware. I mean, right. not everyone has that, and also it's probably I find it easier to press the share button and you go, all right, share gameplay. <laughs> oh no, it is, and plus my computer can't do 1080 streaming, so th- that's good for people that are take, really into. Take that. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know. I think it's a great uh, great thing that Sony's doing that. So, I mean, know. my my kind of question is going to be like, how is this going to impact the game performance? You think it'll make it lag and stuff? I think it'll probably make it slower because I think even like even when I stream occasionally, like on 720p, you can kind of tell there's a small like it's not like huge, but there's probably like a five percent speed reduction it seems like to me especially like final fantasy 15 or something oh yeah you you could tell that for the most part yeah it's it's that's impossible not to have some kind of lag or even I mean, if it's minimum yeah if it's a ps ps4 pro exclusive thing that'd be one thing but 
the way they made it sound was coming to like all PS4 models. So it's like, all right, well, let's hope it doesn't. It's not too bad. <laughs> I'm sure they've tested it and everything, but yeah, there's going to be things that you can't avoid, and for the most part, I won't think it'd be too bad. Yeah. So the uh, AM2R, of course, the Metroid like a self-developed game uh, or fan-developed game. They've actually been hired on by Moon Studios to help develop uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yep. That's kind of cool. I mean, you go from making a game that a lot of people thought was really awesome to Nintendo taking it down, and then you get to actually go work in a real studio now. So, living the dream. Yeah, and uh, like AM2R is a great game. Like I probably liked it more than Ori, so let's hope he can do some good there. <laughs> hey, they did enough that Nintendo went and came out with Samus Returns, just to feel like, hey, we do we care about Samus too. Yeah, that's why there's a new Metroid game on Switch. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, why not? You you need every everything you could throw out there, so not complaining uh, about that at all. Uh, the unsung story, which has had a problem with Kickstarter, has been moved to a different developer. Uh, it raised around six hundred sixty thousand dollars three years ago, uh, trying to be a spiritual successor to Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, and even had input from Yosumi uh, Matsuno, but apparently Playdeck got the work scrapped, and Little Orbit is now having to start fresh on the project. So, did yeah, uh, this... Playdeck give the money back so that no, little they kept it. So how's Little Orbit able to just start from scratch on this? I think they said they have like the design documents that uh, Mitsuno uh, made. That's about it. Like this thing is a, except for Star Citizen, uh, and maybe like one or two others. This thing is like the biggest Kickstarter disaster ever. <laughs> that this still doesn't like equate to me like. You're going to mood developers, but then they have to use their own money to undo everything that you did? Yeah, like someone, there was like a notice that Little Orbit put out by people, like, it was like, we cannot give out refunds because we don't have the money, and it would adversely affect the development of the game or something. It's like, well, it's been three years, like, all right. Yeah, but it's not Little Orbit's fault either, though. No, no, it's Playdex's fault. Like, they... I don't think they had any clue how to make a game, first of all. Like, I don't think they had made a video game in the past. Like, they made board games, I think. And then, like, there was a timeline on Kotaku, I think, about, like, them trying to interview, like, the CEO of Playdeck or, like, get, you know, get in, like, get updates. And it's a disaster. Like, they were like, we're going to post an update every every month about, like, the the, uh, the status of the game. And it's like, six months goes by, no, no news whatsoever. And then, like, the few updates they did put out were stuff that people didn't want. Like, they kept, I think, like, a year at, year into the game, they were like, we're going to put in a multiplayer mode. 
It's like, who who said that? Like, we didn't want this. Yeah, nobody wanted that. I just, it's uh, like that's why you got to do research with these developers and everything else, and not just go by the trailer that comes out and you know maybe I, if there's some names on there. Uh, say what you want about like Mighty Number no. Nine. It's a it's a piece of garbage, but at least it came out. Well, it took forever for that to come out, too. Like, let me ask you, how many... Have you kickstarted any games? No. I've done two. I did uh, Broken Age, like the... Whatever the... uh, Double Fine Adventure thing was. Yeah. And I did Bloodstained, uh, the Castlevania thing. And that's been it. I thought you gave the, like, Amplitude, too. Oh, yeah. I gave, like, a dollar to Amplitude. That was it. (laughs) Like, I mean... Paid enough to, like, you know, get get something back out of it, or, like, the actual pre-order. Right, and I, that's the thing, is, like, these disasters give Kickstarter a bad name. And there's so many good ones out there that they the game did come out, and many of them want to be good. Yeah, some of them want to be bad, but that's the risk you take. But yeah. you got your game, and you got what you paid for at the end. Like, um, I'm pretty, I, I played the demo, and I'm pretty, like, I think Bloodstained will probably do all right, but most of them, I, like, stars, like, the big ones, like Star Citizen, or this thing, I, I looked at it and go, like, no, this is never going to work. <laughs> God, Star Citizen's still just sitting there going, they gave those people how much money? Over, over at least over $100 million, like, at this point. <sighs> just insane. And, that and like it's what it is. Like I I I'd be curious if there's a running tell like which game will come out first, Star Citizen or Rust. <laughs> <laughs> or just combine the two and make a rusty rusty Star Citizen. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was ter- <laughs> that, that was one of those like it's so good it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, Star Citizen's great because it's like we, we got in a new module. It's like the walking around module. It's like okay, where's the where's the rest of the game? That's that's five years off. It's like yeah, I remember there was a point where they would announce something new for the game like every week, and you're like, yeah. when are you just gonna make the game? And finally, what? It's been an alpha for like ever. I think they pushed like a new. Like a 0.3 update, like a, w- a few weeks ago, but who cares? <laughs> and this is something that you and I have talked about off air, but it's amazing since they left, they let go Stream Green, uh, you know, Valve dissolved the Steam Greenlight and now added Steam Direct so that developers can just basically add their game on a Steam whenever they want. A thousand new games within an almost two-month period. 215 in one week. How the hell are you supposed to find all these games? This is coming. This is becoming just almost as bad as the mobile. Yeah, uh, iTunes store. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I guess if you really are into like trying out the newest PC game. 
Well, you would already this, know it's there, but the little indies. I mean, Steam already had a problem with this for years. Like that's why they introduced like the curation stuff, which doesn't work at all. It's like just put the brakes on this just a tad. You don't need to release 500 new games every week. Yeah, but if they're letting them release it basically whenever they want, yeah, then they're not really controlling that. Like they still could. I mean, they could just say no. <laughs> like, nope, you gotta wait a couple of days. You gotta wait a week. Or, I mean, remember when like Microsoft, like Xbox 360, only had like the one day or one game per week, like arcade policy. Yeah. Like, could you imagine Steam doing something like that now? <laughs> oh God, they'd they'd have games backed up for years. Or probably a lot of the indies would just have to not make their game because they needed to come yeah. out just to make the money back. Yeah, like I don't like I like Steam, um, like obviously, but it's just too much. Like every day that like the new release page cycles, like every day, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. It should and not be recycling like that. This is what's on it right now. See if the see what you think of these game lists, okay? Okay. The, the first one is Impromptu Vector Field Painter. Uh, Woo! Yeah. That's, probably, that's an app, I would assume, but still, why is it in a, like this type of new release thing? Next one, Ruthless Safari. Next one, Stickman Wars. Next one, Connected Hearts Visual Novel. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, it's just like a nonstop stream of games that people like. There's no way a normal person could find what they're like looking for, or like, like the whole like finding like a diamond in the rough, like. Yeah, but the rough is now 30 times as large at this point. <laughs> God. That seems just ins- just ridiculous. Uh, how do you how do you keep up with any of that at all? There are ways on Steam to like I think it's like you can say like no early access games, no apps, no VR games. But still, like it's hundreds of new games every every week, I would think, or like every, at least every like three weeks. Yeah, it is. So, like, I feel bad for like I'm friends with a few developers. I feel bad like if they put out a new game, it's just going to get buried like immediately, unless it magically like Steam like or Valve gets behind it and like puts it up on like the big banner ad. Which probably isn't going to happen. Yeah, because what's on there right now is GTA Five Arc, uh, Rainbow Six Siege. So you know the big hits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just that, you know, they got to come up with a better system, but. For, for what they have. I mean, Steam is great. Just You almost got to ignore the new releases section and just go for what you know is, is out. 
uh, at that point. So uh, let's uh, so some big news coming out of the entertainment side of things. Disney just out of nowhere decided, hey, we're going to have our own streaming service and our movies are going to go off Netflix in 2019. Of course, you know, they have been releasing like a zillion freaking live action movies. And of course, you know, their animated division and Pixar are doing okay. So they probably feel like they have enough with their old stuff and and the new titles, which the new titles are only going to come out every nine to ten months after the movie releases to their streaming service. Uh, I think Netflix gets it, like, much faster. So uh, that kind of seems kind of productive if you're only wanting the new stuff, but... Uh, there's no price for this yet. Obviously, they have like a couple years to figure this out. Uh, and they decided to take over majority control of BamTech in order to make this happen. Of course, ESPN is also releasing their own streaming service because uh, Disney, you know, owns both of them. And they're going to basically expand their ESPN3 content in order to justify being able to charge a price for it. Yeah, do you think this is going to be good or bad for Disney? Because I think already we're starting to hit that point with these streaming services where it's like, let's uh, let's simmer down on this for a little bit. I mean, well, a few things. I I saw a report today that like Disney already kind of started to like try to walk away, walk back from this tad, or like Netflix is trying, like they're negotiating with Netflix. Well, they're um, negotiating to keep the Star Wars and Marvel on there. Yeah. Um, I don't see this working out for Disney for a few reasons. One is like just library. Like if they just have Disney stuff on there, it's fine for kids, but parents, I don't see that. Like unless they really dig into like, um, some of their, like, cause it's not just Disney. Like they own other studios, like digging into that stuff. But even then there doesn't, they're not going to have the library that, uh, Netflix does. Two, Netflix makes some of Disney's shows, like Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Well, those like, are the... staying on there. Yeah. yeah, but, like, for how long? That'd be my question. Well, those are Netflix but... shows, though. Like... Yeah, but I could, I could envision Disney going, like, we're going to make our own version of Iron Fist that won't be crappy or something. <laughs> Like, it, it, you know, they wouldn't, I mean, but does that possibility, I mean, why not? Um, yeah, it, it seems like they may not like Netflix's, uh, not contract, or not contracts, but like their business, but I think they kind of need it. Yeah, I think they kind of need it too, um, just because... This could wind up falling right into their face. Uh, like, I, I think the ESPN one will be fine, especially if they're going to be adding in, you know, say more MLB games, more soccer games, more NHL games, more whatever to justify charging for it. Uh, plus, sports fans, this is kind of becoming commonplace where if you want stuff, you're just going to have to pay for it. But, uh, you know, for Disney. 
I think people really like the fact of it's all in one place. You can have Netflix and you have the Disney stuff instead of saying, all right, well, I'm not going to get rid of Netflix. Now I got to pay for this Disney thing too. And it's, it's another streaming service. Yeah. How many people are going to just pick this up to watch Disney movies and, uh, you know, some of the adult stuff or, or whatever, but I don't know this is, uh, also like if there's such a long period between like DVD release and it going on in the service, it makes it like not even worthwhile because people are just going to buy the DVD. Well, are they? If it, if it was like four months, that's one thing. But you know, nine or ten, forget it. Yeah, if you're making people wait for a year. People just rent the DVD at Redbox and then watch it once and whatever. Yeah, you know. Uh, like I, I, I would look at this like they've fallen on their face a little, like over the past few months with their cost cutting bullshit. But like the WWE Network. Like, they're still on TV, but a lot of the stuff is on their own net. Like, a lot of, like, their own, like, made-up programming or, like, specialty programming. Well, you'll still have to have cable to watch the channels and stuff on it. Yeah. So, this is just basically, like, a digital service so that you can watch whatever movies you want. Same thing with ESPN. Like, you won't be able to watch the channels on that thing. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're just paying for the ES, whatever they put on ESPN3, basically. So, Which is nothing. <laughs> well, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, well, no, they have a ton of college but football. Uh, basically, like, what I paid for MLS Live, which was like we split it between three people to pay $80 a year. Yeah. That will be on there, and you wouldn't have to pay separately for it. But then... You know, you're, whatever they decide to charge a month, you're paying for that. So, what what could you think they could realistically charge for ten dollars, like ever, like everything else? Yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like if you go more than ten or twelve, it's already been proven that a lot of people will just say no. So only. Only instead of Michael Cole screaming about nine ninety nine, it'll be uh, Daffy or uh, Donald Duck. <laughs> yeah, Donald Duck, nineteen ninety nine, and whatever. It's like you better have a lot of stuff on there. It's because yeah, that, that's a lot to give. To I mean, it, if they had like the whole of Disney, like Disney's history, that might be kind of cool from this like an academic purpose, but not for like. A whole year. Like, I might rent that for, like, a month, but that's it. <laughs> right, yeah. You'll watch the movies you want to watch, and then you'll get off. Uh, I think it just depends, right? If they do it like they normally do with anything, where they go, oh, well, this month we're going to have these five movies, and then, like, three of them are going to go back in the vault, and you won't yeah. see them for another six months or whatever. Uh, vault shit, yeah, forget yeah, it. Yeah, if they do that BS, it's like, no. If you're going to keep it on there, like the WWE Network, where it's there, and you can watch it whenever you want, and it's not going to go away, and whatever, I get it that maybe you don't want to put everything out there, but if you're going to charge for that, that's what people want. They want to have a digital library of 
they go, oh, man, I want to watch, oh, you know, what, whatever. I don't even know what the next uh, live-action movie is. I think uh, Aladdin. You know, yeah, so, like, okay, Aladdin is about to come out. Oh, I want to watch all the animated ones, and they're all there. Oh, but, you know, we had that – they went away, like – like there, uh, I have the movie club for my daughter, which is free because I already did the the five movies like two years ago. Yeah. And so, but I always have to freaking I I just had to go resend them back a movie because sometimes they send you like three featured movies at once or within yeah. like a two week period and you forget and that's what happened. I forgot that the freaking I didn't hit decline on one of them because it didn't show up. And yeah. they kept asking me to change my credit card because I had the old card on there. And yeah, then, as soon as I changed it, bam, I get a $33 charge for Beauty and the Beast live action. I was like, no. And, uh, you know, who knows when they're going to send me the money back. But like, it's just uh, they keep advertising that, oh, Aladdin's going to go back in the vault or whatever right now. And I'm just like, oh, my God, if this streaming service does that crap, it's just – it's so annoying. It's but, I'd be like, yeah. it's not a fucking, it's not like a fucking like physical vault. Like you can go on the internet and find Aladdin if you want to. Like yeah, exactly. You're trying, you're trying to you're trying to make it scarce is just you being assholes. You could probably go to like a Goodwill or you know other places and find the DVD for like five dollars. You know, so yeah, it's, it's not that difficult at this point. Like, I mean, I have VHS versions of all the old Disney movies anyway, but uh, which I bought most of them at a Goodwill for like a dollar a piece. But back when, I mean, was, back, back when Disney was pure. <laughs> yeah, back when Disney was pure. So, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a thing. They have two two years to figure this out, where they can say stuff and backtrack all they want to because. It's gonna be a long time until it comes out. So, yeah, you know. It's, also, it's, go ahead. like the other thing is also like, are they gonna have their own like programming on this thing? It seems like they're going to. What's it? They're going to. Uh, they're gonna purchase stuff to put on there. Um. So, I'm, t- I'm trying to figure out where. The ed- the agent the agent Christian show will magically show up there. <laughs> that would be great um, if that was the case, but uh, probably uh, probably not happening. Um, it might just be like old like old cartoons or something like that, but it's like that's not really enough. I assume that most of stuff is already on like Amazon or Hulu or something, and that wouldn't be enough for me to care either way. <laughs> They're gonna, they're gonna at least continue the third party rights with the TV shows, and then they'll eventually show up on there, yeah. like you know the Once Upon a Times and all those, you know, the, any stuff that's on ABC would eventually uh, show up there. Uh, but yeah, they're apparent. They're gonna just find distribution deals to try to get it on there. Uh, I think is is what they're doing right now. They're not going to have like original programming that's only for that at the moment. They might decide that they do want to do that. So, 
Who knows? I'm good. <laughs> uh, so there's also the matter of Fox, of course, coming out and talking about certain things. Uh, they talk about 24, how that could go around and change. Wayward Pines wind up getting a season three, uh, even though it's been off for a year. And Dana Walden says that there is no end in sight for The Simpsons anytime soon. Nice. Why? Not until one of at least until, not until one of the cast members dies. <laughs> I mean, like, whatever. I guess, are the ratings really that good for The Simpsons still? I mean... No. <sighs> not at all. I uh, guess, why not? It's just you want to keep getting into battles with the actors every time? <laughs> I mean, I assume you share the same viewpoint, like The Simpsons should have ended 20 years ago. Like, it, I mean, it's it prints money for Fox, so they're never going to end it unless they have to. But I, I, I think most Simpsons fans like just want the show to die, at least with some dignity left. Not, although that might be too late at this point. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'd say at least if you want to be generous, ten years ago. Like, there's not a reason why it should be on right now. I mean, it's as old as a, we are, and, like, yeah. that's saying something. Yeah, ten years ago, actually in 2008, is, I think, like, when The Simpsons literally reached their lowest point. Yeah, it's, again, look, I get it, like, these, these voice actors are getting a lot of money, why not keep doing it if you're getting a lot of money, Fox people still have that attached to the Simpsons. Look, I love them. I'm not going to sit here and say that I watched more than a couple of episodes from the last couple seasons, but that's because there's way better TV on. And, you know, it's just... Yeah, I I don't want to spend 30 minutes watching something that I know is not going to be even good. Well, I don't know if you saw the story I put down there, but Fox is also thinking about bringing back King of the Hill. Well, hey, if Mike Judge wants to do it. Uh, well, the problem is Mike Judge is busy. <laughs> yeah, it's, I I would love to see it come back. I really enjoyed King of the Hill. Uh, being from Texas, it's it's one of those like cultural icon things there. But well. Uh, there's, there's two problems with King of the Hill, really, at this point. One is, like, Brittany Murphy died. Right. So that, that'd be that'd be kind of hard. To, like, they could hire, like, another actress, but it'd be kind of hard to work around. The other problem, really, is, like, King of the Hill was never really respected by Fox. <laughs> like, it was always shown, it was always in, like, a 7.30 p.m. time slot on Sundays and almost always got, like, run over by football. Yeah, but I mean that happens with everything at this point. Like the Simpsons were the lead for a long time, and that would always get cut. Yeah. For football, I mean, uh, so uh, you know, and Bob's Burgers is is doing just fine. So you know, where are you going to put this in your block? That I mean, they've always had a problem with 
Okay, what do you put after Family Guy? Could this be what you put there? I mean, I guess sure. But I miss but, it. I'd like to see it, but I'm not yeah, gonna I, say like the world ends if they don't bring it back. Like the thing about also King of the Hill is like The Simpsons. It started off like a little shaky. Let's be honest. And then got like super great and like popular, and then ever you know died down. King of the Hill was always like a, a much more even show. Like it was never like super popular, but it also never had like the problems that The Simpsons now has. Like it's King of the Hill always remained a, like a fairly solid show. Oh yeah, I totally agree on that. Like there uh, might be like there might be like occasional episodes that were bad. But, like, on the whole, like, the show remained, like, it was, it was still a quality show for 12 years. I think that's how long it was on. Yeah, and, yeah, you're right about that. It's it's a much more consistent show. That's because Mike Judge is a great writer. Yeah. And, uh, I enjoy almost pretty much everything that he puts his hands on. So, you know, it. what's the... I'm not going to say I watch it. I didn't watch King of the Hill consistently. I know he had the... What was the other... The show he had the most recently? Silicon Valley? Yeah, well, Silicon Valley, yeah. Of course, I've been watching that every season it comes on. Yeah. Uh, But then that's kind of... (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I couldn't hit the mute button fast enough. Uh, But... uh, yeah, I mean, so and that's that's over, right? The that was the series finale, season four. No, season it's got premiered for season. It's announced for season five. I swear that they they said like season four might be the last one, but no, no, it got it got renewed. It's 2018. Well, that's great because uh, TJ TJ Miller left. Uh, oh it, well, I think yeah, it's season he, four, but that was it. His character was really starting to get to the point where it's kind of like, why are you here? I think he's still valuable. Like, I think he was still funny and valuable, but, like, they did kind of not know. Like, the problem with Silicon Valley, I, I really feel, is, like, they keep wanting to keep those guys, like, in the same, like, same space. Mm-hmm. Or, like, so every, for every success they have, they have another failure that knocks them back into the house. And it's been, like, it's been four years. They should be out of that house by now or have some success somewhere. Yeah, like they, it would have been okay to see them all doing their. I, I think it's not only that; it's also it it kind of strings your, what you could do story wise if everybody's doing their own thing. Yeah. Right. So you're having to go back and forth between okay, well, what's Guilfoyle doing? What's Dinesh doing? What's uh you know Big Head when he shows up every you know a couple times he, an episode? Well, he barely shows. Up. He's he shows yeah. up like once every. Four episodes. It's like, oh yeah, he's still here. <laughs> yeah, it's then of course you know they gotta stick stick with the more main characters. So it's just, I think they're they're a little worried about like, okay, well if we have each one of them doing their thing, and they're not mostly together, it's gonna lose that camaraderie of the show, and and so they're gonna stretch the the story thin. So yeah, you know, I mean, that's fine. I'll- well, a lot of sitcoms like, spin their wheels because if they, you know, have too much 
success or failure, then the show kind of becomes like a different different type of show. Yeah, I feel like Preacher goes through that all the but time now. That's not necessarily like a bad thing either. Like, I mean, it's not bad if the show becomes something new. I mean, it might be better, it might be worse, but at least it's different. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's also hard to be consistent throughout five years, right? Yeah. So you're going to have episodes where they do kind of spin their wheels. You're going to have episodes where they go forward. Uh, you're going to have episodes where they go backwards. So yeah. It's just, how do you that? But, like, with these HBO shows where you have way less episodes, you got to make them all meaningful, and that's not always the easiest thing to do. Uh, Wonder Woman is now only behind Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises for the highest grossing domestic uh, film for Warner Brothers ever. That's I uh, mean, for for Warner Brothers, that's not surprising. <laughs> well, yeah, for Warner Brothers, it's not surprising, but I mean, Dark Knight did some bananas money, so... Uh, I mean, they it hasn't cracked a billion yet. Uh, worldwide, it's at 974 million Wonder Woman. So, but it obviously resonated a lot with uh, this country. So that's positive. I still need to go see it, but hey, DCU, you know, the DCU uh, can be happy that they have one hit. Meanwhile, they've already been talking about how to reshoot like Justice League and make it like a better movie. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I I think it's I, I guess it's a coup to Wonder Woman, but like she's part of the like trifecta for DC. Like, I mean, even, like Deadpool has more a big, like a bigger box office than that than she does, and you could say it's a better movie. That's one thing. I haven't seen Wonder Woman, so I can't really say here nor there. But Deadpool's a much no, I Wonder Woman does have more money, but only by like a few million dollars. But Deadpool has like a much less of a character profile than Wonder Woman does. <laughs> right, yeah. Wonder Woman's huge. Yeah. It's uh it's still surprising, you know, just from how much people like really enjoy that movie and then they went and saw it in the theater and probably kept seeing it in the theater cuz to get that much well, domestic. Well, I mean, that, it also came out in a good time when nothing else was coming out for, like, you know, weeks on end. Yeah, that that smart on them for that, too. I'm uh, going to have to kinda, these. Go ahead. I'm actually, I was going to say, I'm actually kind of surprised, like, about Spider-Man Homecoming. Like, it didn't bomb, necessarily, but it didn't make that much money. Yeah, but, I mean, when you got lofty expectations like Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, I mean... Yeah. I think people were still a little burned on Spider-Man from the Amazing Spider-Mans. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Like, just just kind of fatigue. Yeah, it's but I think like, can we trust that this one's going to be good? Oh, it is. Okay. I think when, like, Spider-Man Homecoming 2 comes out, or whatever, whatever they call it, like, that'll probably be a big hit. Yeah, that'll be a much bigger one. I, I think it's... People are still kind of tepid about, okay, well, this is sort of, it's connected to the MCU. Do we want to see it? Okay, Spider-Man didn't have the greatest tracker with the last couple of movies. I don't know about this young actor. 
oh, it's really good. People should go watch it, but, you know, I guess at that point they decided to go watch other stuff. And yeah. Spider-Man kind of got forgotten in that, which kind of sucks, but I'm sure it'll do great on Blu-ray and digital cells and everything else, and they'll make up something for it. Yeah. Gonna hit these quick here. Uh, Andra, uh, Andrea Romano uh, retired. Of course, she's been doing voiceover work for 30 uh, years. Um, she was also uh, a pretty uh, big-time director. She worked on you know Batman, the animated series, Tiny Toon Adventures, uh, which I watched so much as a kid. Uh, Justice League, Legend of Korra. Um, uh, of course, she was the one that decided on Mac- Mark Hamill being the Joker. And also casting Kevin Con- uh, Conroy as Batman. So, you know. Most people probably won't really think about those things. but Yeah, she wasn't like the most famous name in the world. But like having a 30-year career where like she's done so much work. Like it's impressive. Yeah, props to her and hopefully, you know, for the whatever she decides to do in, in retirement. Uh, good on her for that. Uh, Mila Jovovich is, uh, she cannot escape doing uh, these kind of nerd movies at this point. She's now been cast as the main villain Blood Queen in the reboot of Hellboy. Hi, cool. Uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, I uh, I want her like, for, I think really think for her she suffers from the Bruce Willis syndrome where like, when she really wants to be in a project and like commit, she can be good. Like Bruce Willis, I'm like Looper was like amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh god, but yeah. but a lot of the times like he doesn't seem to give a shit in most of his movies. Yeah, and I I feel that way about her. Like she was great in like The Fifth Element. Or, like, he got game, but she was practically sleepwalking through all those Resident Evil films. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with you on that. So, like, if she if she brings her A game and, you know, really wants to do, you know, good work, then, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll watch it. But if she doesn't, then, oh, well. <laughs> the, uh... Writers for Agent Carter said that they would return to the show tomorrow if ABC and Marvel decided to bring her back. I know you like the show. Yeah. I'd like to see see more Haley Atwell. For her? I mean, they could. They they did kind of end it off on a cliff, like a cliffhanger to an extent. Um, But they could go always work around that. Die and, like,. Winter Soldier, though? Yeah, but I mean, well, there's a rumor that she's going to come back in Infinity War. Okay. Like, the rumor, I, the rumor I saw was, like, I guess Captain America gets his hand on, like, one of the gems and, like, wishes her back to life. We'll see, I don't know if that'll happen or not, but... Right. We'll see. Um, but, I mean, they could just do, like, another film of, like, her life, like, in the 50s or something. I mean, why not? I could see it being more like, you know, I mean, Disney has this weird relationship now with Netflix, but if they 
somehow like walk back on it. I could see it working better as a like straight to Netflix film or something. I don't know. I mean, about that was hitting theaters. That, that maybe, but like I don't think Netflix really cares about Agent Carter. Like they didn't pick up that show. Like that was one of the big things. Was like, oh, Netflix can pick it up. That's like, no, Netflix passed on it. <laughs> yeah, true, but. I think that's what Netflix was more into doing their own original stuff and not so much picking up other shows. Yeah. So, I mean, if Disney came to them and said, hey, we want to do a movie and we feel it's better if it just goes straight to Netflix like the, you know, the other Marvel stuff that's on there instead of trying to put it in theaters. As long as it was between 45 minutes and an hour of, like, Haley Atwell nudity, I'll watch it. Um, that, that's gonna be there. <laughs> no, like, I'd, I'd watch an Agent Carter film, but it is... I, I I think the show never quite set up, like, enough of a world for, like, a film to really exist, either. Uh, like, that's why, that's why, like, a time jump would be good, because it could be, like, established, like, really as, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is, like, now formed or something, and she's the head. That'd be cool. And they, and they could get, like, Dominic Carter, Cooper back for, like, uh, Howard Stark or something. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see a season two of the return of Twin Peaks. But I, I very much like the uh, head of Showtime thinks I'd be really surprised if David Lynch does it because... It was such a trying thing just to get all these actors together to do this 18-part series. Uh, one of the actresses, two of the actors died, so you know, shortly after, or I think like three or four died, like shortly after they filmed, they finished filming uh, the whole 18 shows. So, I mean, doing another like 12 or. 18 episodes, you know? <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, but from what I understand, like, the new Twin Peaks also introduced, like, a lot of new, a lot of new characters that were, like, younger actors. So that may have Yeah, may they help. did. It, like, goes back between their original cast, this, like, sci-fi stuff that's in, that's going on, and then, like, these other people in South Dakota. Yeah. And if, there's not like, a lot of younger actors. A lot of them are the original cast, and then there's older people that are the new actors. I mean... I mean, it, I, so. I would assume if David Lynch wants to do it, they'll do it. But if you want... Like if you, at least if this show does end, like, he does... It will end on, like, what he wants it to do. Like, yeah. what he wants it to end on. Like... It won't just be pulled out from under him. Well, it's already done. Like they're just basically cycling out the episodes at this point. So uh, he he ended it the way he wanted to end it. I don't know if he'll end it on another cliffhanger or whatever to make people think that there could be a season two and then there's not one. But he's been in France the whole time. He's probably going to be in France until the series is over, and then. They're going to get on the phone and try to figure it out, but I love Twin Peaks, but I'm not going to be upset if it they don't get another. Well, at least you got more wet, hot American summer to keep us, to keep us busy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what everybody's waiting on. So 
Uh, this week is actually the week that kind of starts the uh, big games coming out. Uh, Sonic Mania comes out. Uh, Ages of Mayhem uh, as well. Uh, the StarCraft Remastered comes out as well. So if you've been waiting for that, it's there. Uh, Observer looks really interesting. It's a first-person psychological horror game uh, that also comes out this week. And, uh, yeah, the, that Night Trap 25th Anniversary Edition also comes out. Yeah, I had a few, fr- like, it came out on physical, like, copies yesterday, like, physical editions, and a Solog instantly. I had a few friends that grab it, though. Wow. I love the people that think that that game was great. They're just getting it off of nostalgia. And then Undertale yeah. hits the PS4 as well. Uh, so if you didn't play it on PC or you just want to have it on your console, it's uh, there for you. Uh, but, uh, all right. So, until... And, like, the week after that is Madden. <laughs> yeah, the week after that's Madden, and uh, I think there's, like, more stuff, though, that... Yeah, but Madden's a big one. <laughs> uh, well, Uncharted Lost Legacy yeah. uh, as well. Uh, of course, Sonic Mania on PC doesn't come out for, like, two weeks. So. Yeah, I got delayed a little, but that's fine. <laughs> That's kind of normal for uh, PC games uh, at this point. But all right, until we are here again uh, sometime uh, next week, uh, we will uh, be talking to you later, folks. Later. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.